Hey, Liv. Yes, Andrew. How, how many fingers am I holding up? Uh, three. Oh, so close. So close. It's four. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses episode. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sandman. And I'm your good buddy One-Eyed Live. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 152, the 100% Livy edition. <laughs> oh, Lord, all the pressure's on me, man. It is. It yeah. is. Welcome uh, welcome to 2018, first of yeah. all. Yeah, our finally. First, finally. First episode of the new year. And what's um, today, the 18th? The 18th, yeah. Damn, 118, yeah. 18. Uh, is that palindrome? No. One? Oh, no, we're missing, right? Yeah, okay. It would we have need to be, to be 81. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, why can't this be the year 81? <laughs> 81. The what month 81. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I would have been seven. You would have been five. Yes, I, I, I can only imagine what we would have, uh, what we would have been uh, talking about. Probably the same stuff. Probably complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah these, these fucking this Duke's a hazard when they uh, <laughs> this contract hold out and they replaced them with these two jokers. <laughs> you know about those Duke's a hazard, right? Coy and Vance. Yeah, I remember when that happened. I was like, what is this? Who are I these so guys confused. who look like the Duke boys but aren't? <laughs> oh, man. It's been an eventful like week and a – well, it's been an eventful last six days, I guess, now. Um, yeah, so this is, why, this is why we've got a 100% Olivia episode because in 2018, I've attempted nothing – and accomplished nothing over the last 18 days. I dismantled my desk. That's about as far as I got, which is one of the reasons if if this episode uh, sounds less than pristine, uh, it's because I'm on inferior equipment. Oh, okay. So, so apologies. Uh, no apologies more teak desk, that means. Um, What's that? No more teak desk. <laughs> <laughs> It's a totally different ball game when he's not on the high grade wooden teak wooden desk. This new desk I have coming in though is uh, is pretty is pretty badass. I'm gonna say it's at least sixty inches long. That's big for a desk, right? Yeah, I'd say that that's five feet long. Yeah. Okay. It's a, I would say it's at least sixty inches, and um, it was an old banker's desk that I grabbed off a of Craigslist, um, but it's too big to get up to the third floor. Sounds so like we're I... bleeding into a different uh, branch <laughs> of the Two Sorry Excuses franchise there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we got to save that for a, uh, a used and amused episode. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What am I thinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> And you know right, what, ladies little... and gentlemen, I have been to the Two Sorry Excuses Asbury Park headquarters, and I will tell you this much, teasing you for that used and amused, uh, that's not a fun trip 
to make with a desk up to where the central recording area for Two Sorry Excuses Asbury Park takes place. Oh my god, it's miserable. Yeah. It's a it's a 180 degree left hand turn that you have that you have about three and a half feet of hallway to maneuver. Yeah, uh, not to brutal. mention that it's just a pain in the ass to get the stuff off the street there. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Because the street is one ground is one floor level down. Yeah. <laughs> right? My front door is one story above the sidewalk. So you have to walk up uh, almost a full flight of stairs to get to my front door, then a full flight of stairs to get to the second floor, then a full flight of stairs to get up to the third floor. When I'm doing a project and I'm uh, in my in on the third floor, like putting something together, inevitably I make about 16 trips up and down the stairs to get a tool or a glass of water or something that I misplaced somewhere. It's a real pain in the ass. You think I'd weigh 180 pounds with the amount of stairs I climb each day, but not yeah. so much. Not, not so much. much. Not so much. But I digress. I digress. That's a so so. That's all I've accomplished in 2018 is dismantle the desk. That that's it. Nothing compared to the trials and tribulations of one Matthew M. Lovacary. Yeah. Well, as. Most listeners, subscribers probably do not know. Uh, I've been having some medical issues, primarily. Well, they're related issues, but uh, more directly, it was with my vision, uh, which in November 4th, I lost vision in my left eye. I start got blurry vision all of a sudden, and I went to the doctor that Monday, and it turned out that I had... You know, suspected blood vessel that had ruptured in my eye, uh, which also, you know, uh, this discovery led to me discovering that I had diabetes, which I probably suspected I had, but I had changed my lifestyle and stuff a while back, hoping that I would ward it off, but it was probably too late, uh, which kids... You don't want to wait 39 years to make your life changes, you know? <laughs> I'm hoping 44. I'm hoping 44 is the right number. It, you're, tell, you're telling me it should have it, – it can't be past 39? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, okay. it turns out i diabetic as, a, as well as high blood pressure, but – but I, like most red-blooded American men, just avoid going to the doctor all these years, you know? All right, right. Um, so – What is it – wait, hold on a second. Without – I don't, I don't want to get into – I don't want to violate any HIPAA rules and regulations here. But what does that mean? What What's – what is – so I'm assuming it's type 2 diabetes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a couple people with type 1 diabetes, and that's yeah, – that's, that's the one you're basically problem. born with. Okay, yeah. but the only person I think I've I knew as an adult uh, who was a type two diabetic was uh, Mr. Reardon. Yeah, and you probably know a lot more people like that now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying you might just not even know, you know, but people you went to college with and high school with, you know. Yeah. Okay. Type two diabetes is the one that's. I think it's probably more prevalent because it's the one that arises basically from poor 
you know, diet and life choices. Now, there's you know? s- some genetics to it or no? There's you definitely some genetics to it because my dad's a type 2 diabetic and he's not exactly what you would call a fat, lazy guy, you know? Yeah. So there's yeah, definitely okay. a people that have a greater proclivity to it, you know? Um, I assume they put you on some type of medicine or... or yeah, so in that time, you know, now I got, you know, primary care doctor. The funny thing is the whole process leading up to all this, like the ophthalmologist, oh, when's the last time you had blood work for this? And then my the new primary care, so when's the last time you had blood work? It's like, dude, I don't remember ever having blood work, you know? Yeah. I was yeah. like, if they gave me blood work, it might have been in high school, but I don't recall that, you know? Uh, I'm sure they did at some point back then, you know? Right. I remember when I got the um, when I got Bell's palsy, I I buckled down. I got a primary care physician. I went obviously. I was getting treated for the Bell's palsy, um, and I went through all that. I had a physical and and testing, and the numbers came back pre-diabetic, but they I hadn't fasted or whatever, so they wanted to see me again, and the numbers were were okay two or three years ago. Yeah. Right, so... Which means you don't uh, need to go back for another 10 years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're good, you know, man. You're good. <laughs> in that three years, I, I basically went, you know, everything went to shit. Um, but over the last month or so, I have, uh, you know, basically since since this ordeal had started with you, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. But these are the real repercussions. Yep. This is what happens when you don't do anything. Yeah. Okay. All this right. This is what happens so, when you don't take care of yourself, man. When you just so put you, it off. The the prognosis is that you you can live. This is a condition. Yeah. And the good thing was I had already started attacking it. Because you've been on the straight and narrow for for lack of a better term, for for about at least a year, right? Well, I mean, I cut out I cut out the soft drinks, except for like when I went to movies, maybe very occasional special occasions, like if I was eating pizza or something, which I rarely eat, um, right. just because pizza is kind of like not a water food, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That I'd start doing that. Hell. Sometime at the end of 2016, I'll probably start doing that, you know? Okay. And then I really started hitting, and I started eating better. Like, you know, uh, when I was working a regular nine to five job, uh, and then I wasn't there with Jacob, wasn't there full time anymore. So I didn't have the pressure of somebody trying to get me to go to lunch all the time. I started making my own lunch, which definitely changes a lot, you know, because, you know, started eating more fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. You know, yeah, I I noticed a lot more sweet potatoes in your diet. You know, within the yeah. last year, I noticed a lot more. Um, you know, cooking for yourself, like you know, because we'd kind of arrange the podcast or try to arrange the podcast around it. Uh, you know, bake a piece of chicken or 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 do whatever. So um, that was just all on your own. Yeah, that was all just my like, you know, uh. I wasn't going on any hard and fast diet or anything, but just knowing intuitively which is what is better to eat, you know, and knowing that it's better to eat not, you know, 
it's better to cook your own food as long as you're not cooking greasy, terrible food. That it, yeah, you know, yeah. and and it's better than to eat uh, like store bought restaurant food. You know, um, I mean, you definitely, and it's definitely better to keep foods out of your house. You know, yeah. And, um, funny thing about. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my mother, she, she's been, she was with me the last two days because she took me to the surgery on Tuesday. Uh, so she came here Monday night to, to sleep at my house to, um, said she could take me to the surgery in the morning, you know? And then of course, did, did you have that? to go to a hospital hospital or was it like an out, uh, out surgical center at, at a hospital? Okay. Her hospital. What's that? Was it her hospital? No, no, no. It was at uh, East Jefferson Hospital. It's where my um, my doctor operates out of. You know. Okay. Yeah. Right. And oh god, that was ridiculous. The amount of money for all that bullshit. Um, which is one of the problems that all this shit happened November and non October. So it ended up costing me a shitload more money. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally because of the because it happened a month later. Had it happened in October, it wouldn't have, it would have cost me a lot less money. <laughs> is how arbitrary is that basically? That and that's the worst part. Like we've talked about the 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 state of of health insurance, yeah, and the medical care that we you know get and are entitled to and have to pay for, etc. That. That just makes it even worse. Like you're so, you're not inclined to want to do it because it takes a physical toll on you to recuperate from the physical issue, but it takes a mental toll on having to deal with all the bullshit surrounding insurance. And the, you know the real bullshit with insurance? Like the policy, the new policy I got, which is shittier than the old policy, even though it cost almost twice as much. Um, it's seventy thirty of the surgery. That's another bullshit about insurance. You know, like is that whole idea? Like auto insurance, you got deductible, right? Yeah. And yeah. if something happens to your car, you pay the deductible, and they take care of the rest. Medical yeah. insurance, you pay a shitload more than you do for auto insurance. You have a deductible, you pay the deductible, but still. You got to pay money for the surgery if it yeah. costs so much, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much bullshit is that? So, ugh, I, I don't even want to know what it's really going to cost me because I know it's going to change. But then, of course, because they called me Monday, Monday, the day before the fucking surgery. They called me and they're like, you're going to have to pay 6000 something dollars, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, the doctor told me last week, they called me and told me I had to pay $1,600 for surgery. Like, oh, that's just the doctor's charge. That's just his charge. Uh, you know, because you're paying 30% of the cost of everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, they're like, um, this is the hospital operating charge. And they're like, the thing is... It's it's going to be twenty thousand something dollars. So you're paying thirty percent of that, which is six thousand something. And they're like, uh, and my deductible now is forty five hundred dollars as opposed to twenty five hundred dollars 
uh, that it was on the old 20 days ago. Oh. Yes. 20 days ago under my uh, private insurance that I bought pre Obamacare, you know, which the, which Humana quit writing this year because of, because of Bob, because of Obamacare. Um, so, uh, and where I was able to bank money away for it, that money now is gone, which normally would have been banked away in the HSA to pay for deductibles and stuff is now gone to actually pay the premium, which doesn't even pay for everything. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how much bullshit is that? And then, so they call me from the hospital and they're like, you got to pay all this first before you, I was like, I got to pay the bill first before I go into the, get served. Yeah. And I don't even know if this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, how many fucking people can pay $6,000 like that off the, out of their pocket with a day's notice on top of it. Right. You know? Right. I'm like, why didn't you call me before? She's like, oh, well, that was our fault, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and then she's like, well, you can pay half of it now. And she's explaining to me, she's like, oh, well, you're getting a vitrectomy and a retinal detachment. I was like, I was like, I don't even know if there's a retinal detachment. The doctor said there's a good chance there's not. But if there's one, he's going to fix it right then and there. They're like, yeah, so you had to request the pre-approval for it. So you're going to be charged for it. And if it's not there, they'll just refund you the money. (laughs) (laughs) This is like going to the bursar's office in like the second week of February. Yeah. When your financial aid package came in and there was a surplus and they gave you the check. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, and and then she's explaining everything to me. And she's like, "Well, and we don't even know what the anesthesiologist cost is going to be yet." I'm like, "Holy fuck, this is going to cost me ten thousand dollars." You know? Aren't you like, "Hey, don't you fucking people do this for a living? Give me a ballpark." Yeah. Tell me what it's going to be. Not twenty four hours before. At some point, earlier than twenty four hours before this surgery, and I can make arrangements. But come on, man. Yeah, well, that's what I told her. I'm like, I got to move some money around. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I had like 4000 something dollars, about 4000 bucks still left in the HSA account, which three months ago had like $10,000 in it. Now it's got nothing in it, basically. You know? How does the HSA work? Because I-, I had never been on a program that... The, w- the that way the HSA H- works is every year, since I was an individual, I could put up Every year it would change. It would go up a little bit. In 2017, I could still put money to go towards 2017 in it, even though I technically don't have an HSA plan anymore. But I can put the money in it because it's for 2017. Uh, and I can still spend healthcare money on it. So you can put money in an HSA account, and it's – and it's deductible from your income taxes, you know. Okay. The money okay. you put in, it, and it's a cap. So last year it was thirty four hundred dollars. Got it. The thing is, you put the money in to pay for medical expenses, and whatever's not spent that year, you can roll it, roll it over. You Got know. It. So so I'd been doing it for years, and then you can also take money and open this investment account, which I did with twenty five hundred dollars of it like a few years ago, which was fucking stupid because 
that investment account now is worth twenty five hundred dollars, twenty five hundred eight dollars. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait, they have you put an investment account that doesn't even make money? You know, like it doesn't right. even have like a decent interest rate on it or anything. It's not even savings account interest rates. Yeah. So I got this $2,500 just sitting there that probably if I took out, they'd probably penalize me for it, you know? Yep. Because I really want to know what the hell to do with that money because it's like I'd rather put that somewhere else at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, so I never did take another dime and invested in anything with their stuff because it's fucking bullshit investments you know i put it in some kind of index fund thing they had um so there's 2500 dollars sitting there doing it but the money rolls over every year so i was up to like almost ten thousand dollars the biggest fucking bullshit is they friggin charge you for the right to have your money in there they charge you like two dollars and fifty cents a month for your money to be in there you know, right, and, right. and your money doesn't, and your money's not even making interest. You know, who administers the the HSA? Your insurance company, or is it an independent fund? It's an it's it's something called the HSA Bank. It used to be Chase, and then Chase got rid of their HSA stuff and sent it to something called HSA Bank, and that's who's administering the HSA. You know, so. So Monday when I'm talking to him about all this, I was like, I got to move money around because I'd planned on trying to get 3400 into the HSA anyway to cover future health expenses for this year, you know, yeah. thinking, you know, so I did put some money into it, but, but you're only allowed to transfer 2500 into it in into the account per day. So I transferred 2,500 into it. But anyway, I paid three first the lady. I was like, here you, I was like, she's like, Oh, well that's not working. And I was like, what? That's not working. Cause she's like, you can pay 50%. That'll be 3000 something. I was like, let me call you back. And then I find out of course that the maximum you can charge in a day on your HSA is $3,000. So I call <laughs> her back. She's like, Oh, well we'll do 3000. That's fine. I'll put that down. But I can't wait to see what that bill is going to be for the anesthesiologist because you know they charge a shitload of money. Yeah. You know, I want that might even be more than the actual surgeon who's cutting on my eye charges. You know? Um, so, uh, when they did do the surgery, there was no retinal detachment. So, I don't know. I, they didn't break down the bill for me. Uh, in terms of how much was for like the vitrectomy and how much was for the retinal detachment, but they're definitely charging me for both operations, even though both aren't necessary weren't necessarily going to be required. You know? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. but where are we? Because we're kind of ahead of the ball game here. You know? Um, but well, but that gets it, that screwed out of the way because the, had it the, happened. Had this happened in October, I would have been under my old insurance, you know, which I definitely, which I did hit the deductible dealing with all these issues in December, you yeah. know, and I would have, and I would have not had to go up the deductible anymore to deal with the cost of the surgery, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it was an 80, 20 deal on that. On that plan, you know, because that's what most of them are, you know. But I got not such a great deal 
because old people can't pay too much because they vote. And then people that go to ERs for colds need to be able to go to ERs for their colds. You know, so I got to pay for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it comes down to. Basically, it comes down to that people people who vote for the people that pass the law, you know? (laughs) Because the biggest myth is that either party cares about the middle class. You know why neither party cares about the middle class? Because the middle class is the one party who get is the one group who gets swayed by friggin' politicians, you know? That isn't monolithic, you know? All politicians give everything to the old people, you know? All politicians give everything to old people. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're the group that votes. Yes, because they're the group that always votes. So they get whatever they want from, from other people. But then the people that pass this law, they get a lot of their support from people that exist on public assistance and stuff like that, you know? So, of course, they have an incentive to prop up the welfare state. Uh Whatever. Uh, yeah, well, the, the middle class is the middle class. That's why they're in the middle. They're yeah, always getting squeezed. No one gives a fuck about the middle class, you know? And these laws are being passed by people who only care about getting elected. You know, they don't care about the action. The, all the laws by whomever is controlled, whether it's one that's being pushed through by the GOP or the Dems, it's just being passed by wealthy people who the laws do not affect. You know, yeah, um, right. It it's not about results; it's about electability. Yes, exactly. I mean, you think Diane Feinstein and Ted Cruz and whoever actually give a fuck about the actual people who their laws impact? Bullshit. Um, One, because they get their health care, they get their health care covered anyway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably from multiple institutions yep yeah i guarantee you they probably got a hundred percent of their shits covered you know right i'm sure they're not having to come up with any money out of their pockets to pay for like their surgeries you know they're moving their hsa around hey ma turn that down i'm on the phone with billing yeah no one called them the day before (laughs) to tell them they gotta come up with six grand you know or else or else they're gonna cancel your surgery you know, that's what blew me away. I was like, wait, I got to pay it all right away. And then she's like, well, now you can pay half of it. But she kind of muscled me at first. You right. Know, so like, why? Right. Why does she put that on the table to begin with? Yeah, because they want to make sure they get their money out of you. They want to scare you. But the other thing about that is bullshit. It's like this is the one thing in life that you just can't get billed and they can just fucking come after you later and harass the shit out of you about this you know <laughs> like, like everything else you know why can't you just harass me later on down the road about this why why am i being harassed beforehand right uh, right <laughs> like you go buy a house you go buy a car they'll basically give you the shit for a minimal cost <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it right. just it just harass you down the road medical care they fucking torture your ass beforehand as if like you're not paying anything for it to begin with 
Not to mention I'm paying a $400 premium every month for myself for a shitty insurance policy. You know? What What I've started to find are the things that are necessities are the harder things to come by. Right? Yeah. Like you said. Like, they'll give you a car loan and you drive off a lot. No credit, no problem. Bad credit, no problem. They'll give you a lot. They'll give you a car, you drive off the lot. And then they'll chase you down for it six months down the, down the line, right? And repossess yep. it. Why go through all that problem? Why go through all that hassle? Just screen in the beginning, right? Yeah. But you need a, you need a, a surgery, which, I mean... It could have been a life-threatening condition. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's and also like, would you rather be blind? <laughs> that right. was my option. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, sir, you do have options here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You could not pay it and not have the surgery, and then you could be blind. Yeah. Don't don't make it like you don't have options. <laughs> <laughs> Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, well, and even that's the other thing, even. So, like, so the week before the surgery, you know, I had the pre-op appointment with the doctor on the 8th, you know, where he had, because he had to inject this avastatin into my eyeball to prepare it for the surgery, you know? He's like, all right, here's the prescriptions. You got to go get these two eye drops. One, you're going to start taking four times a day leading up to the surgery, you know? And then the other one, you're going to take after the surgery. Now, both of them I'm taking post-surgery now, now you know? Yeah. And, um, and so so both I'm taking post-surgery. But I, so that night, right after I leave the appointment, you know, my mother is driving me because I can't even see anything. So I have to ever drive to drive me to these appointments. You know, uh, and in an ideal world, my wife would be driving me to these appointments. You know, yeah. I don't have a wife. I'm lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so I depend on my mother who doesn't mind doing it because she's nosy and kind of wants to be involved anyway. Right. So, it saves her the hassle of having to ask the questions down the line. Yeah, exactly. She's getting the information firsthand. She's in the loop. Yep. She wants to be involved as it is anyway. And on top of it, she was a nurse. So um, so I go to the pharmacy, the CVS. I'm thinking, eye drops. Oh, this shouldn't be that expensive because I'm an idiot. I don't realize how fucking bogus every prescription in the world is, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. I could have told you. Anything having to do with the eyes. Is super expensive. Yeah, so I get there, and they're like, oh, we'll fill the the prescriptions. I'm inside the CVS. And they're like, oh, uh, we got it. We just, well, it's going to take us a little bit. You just want to walk around, you know? So I'm like, I'll, I'll just wait, you know? And then they call me over a few minutes later, like, Mr. Libertarian, they're like, a couple of these prescriptions are really expensive. And I was like, what? She's like, well, the default prescription for the Dorazol um, she's like, that's, uh, that's, uh, two sixty day supplies and that's $400. I'm like, what? Eye drops? She's like, I can get you a 25 day supply. That's $181 of fucking eye drops. And then 
The other one is $77. And she's like, the door is all. There's actually a coupon for it, which is such bullshit. She's like, did they give you the coupon? I was like, no. She's like, you can download off the phone. And and I can't see anything because my pupils are dilated. And you definitely can't right. see anything on the phone, you know? You can see sure. stuff like back, you know, like big things. But you can't see anything on the phone. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, you can download the phone. And I'm looking. I'm trying to type Durazol, which I didn't even know how to spell, you know, but it pops up, luckily, coupon, and I just hand it to the pharmacy tech lady. I was like, here. I was like, take my phone. I can't see anything. You know? Right. <laughs> I just had eye surgery. Yeah. This is before the eye surgery, but I'm all dilated in both eyes, you know? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. And she's like, you know, and she's like, oh, okay, I found it. And, of course, they're like, oh, well, we don't. They're like, we don't have this. Uh, the other one was Vigamox, and that's the thing I had to start taking the week before. So I thought then, you were gonna tell me. I thought you were gonna tell me that she said, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't take this coupon." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that didn't happen, you know. But uh, uh, but I, the other thing that's bullshit. There's a coupon. You know, why don't you just make that the price instead of making people go through the bullshit of having the Make sure they got a coupon, you know, whoever, because it's probably from the same company that's making it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, and I can't imagine it's the type of prescription that gets filled by the same person multiple times, like, uh, like in a brief amount of time, you know what I'm saying? So... So then, like, so then they're like, oh, "Are we gonna fill it?" And then Covenant said, like, "Oh, we don't have the Vigamox in here. We can get it in the morning." I was like, "They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get it in the morning." I was like, "All right, I'll just come back for all of it in the morning." So the next day, I go back to get the prescriptions, and I go to the drive-through window, and yeah. and, and they come over and they're like, "All right," they're like, "Cause I guess they're all instructed to tell people their options, you know," and uh. So there's a different person working in the pharmacy. She's like, oh, Mr. Livercare, you know these prescriptions are very expensive. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I went through it last night. I'm blind. I'm not deaf. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, everything's going to be $126. Because I had to refill one of the diabetes prescriptions, metformin, you know, which was $2.35 to refill that prescription. You right. Know? But the other ones were seventy something dollars and and like fifty dollars, uh, almost fifty dollars for the other one, which had the coupon, which made it fifty dollars, you know, mm. um, forty something dollars. It was probably seventy five percent off or whatever it was, you know, because I think it was one hundred eighty one dollars and up being forty something dollars. Okay. Uh, so. And I'm telling, I was like, $126. I was like, it's for my eyesight. So I guess my eyesight's worth $126. <laughs> you know, like, what am I going to say? Oh, no, no, don't give me those. I'll just, I'll just stay blind. Fuck it. You right. Know? Right. Uh, yeah. So when they call me the Monday, the day before the surgery, tell me I got to pay for everything. I even, they put, the girl calls me and then lady calls me and she's like, oh, well, I'll, and I was like, well, how much would it be if I got it without? insurance and she transfers me to the financial aid the the financial services counselor or whatever herself and she's like oh it'd still be so and so it would be ten thousand dollars if you did it without finance if you did it without insurance which is all bullshit 
to be honest, because the problem is with doing it when you're doing it in a hospital. You're even at ten thousand dollars doing outside of insurance. You're still paying for the overhead of the hospital, you know. Right, right. You're not paying just for the surgeons, you know. The like if you went like if like if my surgeon said screw this. I'm going to open my own outpatient clinic and just do it <laughs> there. And if you want to pay me out of your pocket, I guarantee you it wouldn't cost him $10,000 to do it. You know? Right, because there's a there's a onboarding navigator who you see. There's the tech. There's, yeah. you know, there's the orderly. There's the nurse's assistant. Like, you touch a lot of people who presumably are making sure that there's no mistake, there's no slip up like there's a lot of redundancy in the process which is great i don't want them cutting off my left leg when they're supposed to be operating on my right leg but you still got to pay for that yep and the funny thing is you know how many times i came in there that morning because you got to get to the hospital two hours before the surgery that morning how many people come in there you know because you go through all this stuff these various nurses that come in to do stuff and everyone has to ask you uh what are we here for today? And I, you know, I tell them, oh, vitrectomy on the left eye, you know? And, um, you know, and they all come in there asking you what it's going to be. And then the doctor comes in. He's like, what are we doing here today? And I was like, and, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm an attorney. I understand all this. I was like, I'm glad y'all getting this because I'm pretty sure this is one of the cases we learned in torts was a case where a guy was supposed to have one eye operate on and they operate on the wrong eye, you know? Right. <laughs> like right. a classic med mal case, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, that's why I, he's like, that's why I mark you. So, of course, you know, he pulls out his pen and he marks right above my eyebrow. <laughs> Right, this eye. He writes uh, this eye. His initials, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, which is funny because when the patch came off, that friggin' his friggin' mark is still there, you know. Next week, Michael Rennie as the Sandman teams up with the Catwoman. Tune in tomorrow. Same bat time. Same bat channel.